So it's just about figuring out like, what do I like? How can I make this work for me? And how can I make sure that I actually do it? Even when things are hard, because it's hard for everyone. I hate to break it to you, to everyone listening, but you're not special. It's hard for everyone. We're all making excuses. We're all trying to just do our best with what we have right now. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, this is Brie Noble, and I want to welcome you to the Female Entrepreneur Musician, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. I am really excited about the guests that we have on today because she's going to talk about physical and mental wellness, and I think it's something that musicians don't pay enough attention to on average. Now, I like to focus on productivity and building habits, but I am not a specialist in the wellness side. And that's why I wanted to bring her on because this is where she really focuses and helps musicians build a career that is really sustainable because they're building in these wellness practices. Otherwise, we tend to burn out, right? I know that's the case for me. And I thought that this was a really important episode to have now while we're dealing with this quarantine situation. And while we're able to kind of be a little bit in this bubble and start developing these habits and really get them to work for us, figure out what's gonna work for us so then we can carry them on later as we start adding new things back into our life. Now, if you're listening to this after this period of quarantine, then you will still get a ton out of this episode. It's not specifically based around the quarantine period, but I thought it was a really timely subject and I've been wanting to have her on for a while anyway, so this is perfect. Now, before I jump into my conversation with Katie, I just want to let you know about a free resource that I have available that I think will go really well hand in hand with what we talk about today. We're talking about your mental and physical wellness and building habits, and that's going to go really hand in hand with you creating goals for your music career. So if you have not yet grabbed my Smart Goals workbook, I want to encourage you to go over to femmusician.com goals and grab that. It will take you through the whole process of taking all your ideas and exciting things that you want to do over the next 90 days and whittling those down into five goals that you can focus on for the next 90 days to make sure that you are actually able to make progress on those goals. So go to F as in female, E as an entrepreneur, musician.com slash goals, femmusician.com slash goals, and grab my free workbook now. So I am excited to introduce to you my guest, Katie Zaccardi. In her own introduction, she gives you some background on where she comes from in the music business world and how she got into this particular specialization where she works with musicians. So I'm just going to let her tell her story and not make you wait any longer to get to this awesome conversation with Katie Zaccardi. All right. I am here with Katie Zaccardi, and I am so excited to be talking with her. We've been like email friends for a long time and finally meeting each other in person. In fact, let's turn off our video just in case it causes any issues with the um, 
bandwidth. There we go. Oh, it's weird. I see a blank screen. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> so um, I brought you on here, Katie, because I love reading your emails talking about how musicians can really develop a wellness routine and self-care and all that stuff. So first thing I want to find out just a little about your background and how you got into talking about this subject in particular. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Brie, for having me. It has been a long journey that got me to this point. I started as an indie artist songwriter, like pretty much all of your listeners. I went to MIU where I studied music business. And there was when I really, really dug into songwriting and performing around New York City. Before that, I was like the typical musical theater kid. I played guitar, piano. And then in college, I really got to go deeper into my own projects. And it was also during that time where I struggled with an anxiety disorder. It took me a couple years of dealing with it to even figure out what it was and get diagnosed. And then once I was diagnosed with it, it kind of like lifted the veil and I was able to clear, see what I was dealing with and how I could cope and how I could figure out my triggers. And in that process, as someone who was working in the music industry in my internships and then after college as a music industry professional in music publishing, someone who was an artist and someone who was a student at the time too when I was in college, it was really hard to find any resources to support myself through this. I really felt like I was doing it all on my own and the anxiety and the stress was at an all-time peak. It was super high. And so eventually... I had done a little bit of yoga um, in high school. Actually, funny enough, I went to high school in New York City in an old brownstone. So we didn't have a gym. We just had a small auditorium. So the only PE that we could do was dance. And junior year, that dance class was actually yoga. So I did some yoga in high school. And then I kind of brought it back in college. And I started doing yoga with Adrian videos online. Oh, I love yoga with Adrian. He's the best. (laughs) I'm actually doing a 30 day challenge, one of her 30 day challenges right now, as we speak in quarantine, you know, in the coronavirus pandemic, but she is awesome. And so I was doing her regularly and then I would try to go to any like free classes that I could, uh, especially as a college student, definitely trying to go for free or super cheap in New York City. And eventually, once I graduated college, it took me a few months to really land a job that I wanted to work in in music. So I was continuing to perform. I was continuing to write. And I just had a thought. Um, I've always been super entrepreneurial. And this was definitely the first inkling of like, you know what? If I had my yoga certification right now, I could have been teaching this whole time and making extra money. So that kind of led me to doing some quick research and finding a yoga teacher training certification that was happening a couple months after I graduated from college in my hometown in Westchester, which get this, Brie, it was literally over, the studio was right over the place that I used to take music lessons as a kid. Like, I'm not even joking. So I'm looking this up. I'm like, it's a sign. I have to do it. (laughs) So I did my yoga teacher training and that really changed things for me. I, from there was able to implement a lot more tools, a lot more um, things that I could use to manage that anxiety and to overall just sort of calm myself and change my disposition. If we're being totally honest, there's a lot of mindset work that went into that as well. And it led me kind of open the doors into the more spiritual world, the yoga community and the personal development world, if you will. So Mm. 
up until that point, I had learned like everything I needed to learn about operating in the music industry as a music industry professional and as an indie artist. And then I finally got to the point where I was working on personal development. And that is where everything shifted. I started to do um, more courses, some short like money courses, some short random trainings. And then eventually I decided uh, about a year and a half into my full-time job working in music publishing, I was dealing with migraines every day. I was still dealing with anxiety. I had terrible allergies. Honestly, I just felt terrible. I just felt horrible all the time. And I was like, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not meant for this nine to five super structured thing, doing something that is not my dream that I don't really want to do. And for anybody listening to this, maybe that's not your business, but it's probably how you feel about your music career, right? That's the thing that you love to do. And everything else feels like it's just dragging you down. And so that's how I felt. And so eventually I worked out this whole plan. I quit and I went part-time doing some freelance work and part-time starting my business. And my mission was basically just to help women in music um, be able to cope with stress and anxiety so that they could further their career. And that developed into what I do now, which is music career coaching, basically helping women have a successful career in a very holistic way where we work on wellness, we work on mindset, and we work on strategy so that they can build a very sustainable career and not burn out. That's awesome. And I mean, I can imagine during this time of quarantine and fear and the virus and all that stuff, you're getting actually probably a ton of people asking you to come and talk to their community. And that's why I have you here right now. Cause I'm like, this is the perfect time. Been wanting to bring you on for a while. Um, so the first thing I wanted to ask, I want to get into wellness routines in a minute, but the first thing I wanted to ask is the obvious question. Like as someone who has dealt with anxiety, and I know plenty of people in my audience deal with that, people in my mm-hmm. family deal with that, how can we deal with this fear right now? And for me, like, I don't, it's not about like just this constant fear. For me, it's been like a total roller coaster. Like I'll be totally fine for a few days and then all of a sudden something will hit me and I'll be like, holy crap, you know, and, and everything is all. So how can we develop, do something to help ourselves stay even keel? Right. I think it's really twofold. The first is establishing a regular wellness routine, which we'll talk about in a little bit, I'm sure, so that you are overall basically lowering your stress level baseline. That's what I like to call it with my clients. Like, let's say you have a scale of zero to 10 of stress and you're operating from a baseline level of five. That means that when you get that sort of like pang of fear or you see that news story that really hits you, um, you're going to go from a five to an eight instead of going from like a one to a four or a zero to a three. So it's, we want to make sure that we're lowering the overall sort of baseline level of stress. That is where a wellness routine is super powerful. But I think especially during this time, the other part of it is making sure that you are not keeping that fear inside and giving yourself some grace, acknowledging that there is a lot going on right now. There is a lot of uncertainty. We can't control everything. And that is the hard truth. Listen, I'm a Sagittarius. I'm a type three on the Enneagram. I'm like the number type three. It's a killer, right? It is. Yeah. I mean, like you look at me and I'm the kind of person who's like, I want to control everything. (laughs) So I don't speak. I don't speak about this from a perspective of like, 
you guys, it's just so easy going. Don't you get it? Like, I really, really have to learn this lesson over and over again because I want to, my impulse is to control. But in this situation, we have to give ourselves selves grace knowing that there's going to be those ebbs and flows. It's not, we shouldn't expect ourselves to um, not have any fears or to be able to overcome emotions in a split second or to feel angry or frustrated or sad about what's going on. Those are normal reactions. But the key is, um, uh, how do I say this? Choosing how you react to the things that come up in a way that serves you rather than one that doesn't. So that means instead of having that pang of fear and then continuing to like watch the news or scroll on Instagram and read really scary stories for three hours, it would be talking to someone who you love, a friend or a family member who you can just kind of vent to and then kind of close the chapter. Okay, I feel better now. I cried it out. I talked it out. Maybe you even screamed it out or danced it out, whatever you need to do, like really working through that emotion and feeling it but then being able to move past it. And a coach is obviously a great way to help with that too. If you're looking for someone who is non-biased and can help you guide the conversation and guide those breakthroughs a little bit more. So I think the biggest thing right now is for us to just not stop talking, not stop sharing. You can do this by literally talking to someone. You could even do it by writing in a journal or you could just kind of notice what's coming up and feel it. I think movement's really powerful, whether it's yoga or just dancing and when I say dancing, I mean literally turning on your favorite song and having a dance party, but we <laughs> want to make sure we're working through those emotions and not keeping it all inside. I love that. And I know for me, one thing is I, I have to, well, it's been raining like crazy, so it's been frustrating, but I have to get outside every day. And when I walk, I usually walk two, three, four miles and I put on, there's been a lot of um, business owners going out lately talking about like how they're dealing with it. And it actually helps me to listen to them like panels of business owners talking about how they're dealing with it because somehow it just helps me not feel like I'm alone in the yeah. way that I'm feeling and also gives me some kind of ideas of like oh I never thought of thinking of it that way or doing something you know doing this during this time so I love yeah, that, that idea that's such a good point yeah I love I love um listening to other people who might be in the same boat as you um but perhaps like a step high or someone that you look up to in the industry and noticing what are they doing? What things can I take away from that and make my own? Definitely. And so hopefully you guys are listening to this right now and that's helping you in that way. Um, so let's talk about the wellness routine because I love the idea of the baseline and that makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, if you're, if you're going to go up and down so much, like having a certain level that's lower all the time, will make sure that when you go into this craziness, you're not quite as crazy because you've kind of developed this baseline. So first of all, like a wellness routine or wellness habits or like self-care, it's kind of become this like buzzwords. So can you kind of just even explain what that is? I love this because I think self-care lately um, is very much like take a bath and like buy these expensive bath salts or get a massage <laughs> or something like that. And that is not what I mean. I mean, listen, I love a good Epsom salt bath. Me too. What, <laughs> right? I mean, come on. They're great. But and a massage, I'm not going to say no to that. But it's not that. It doesn't have to be super time consuming. Basically, when I say wellness routine, I mean having some um, activities that you do or tools 
and we'll talk about both of those things in your in your in your routine basically in your schedule that you do and that you can do whenever you need to do stress so these are things that help you feel calm help you feel happy help you feel joyful help you turn off the like endless loop of thoughts in your brain and focus in and get in touch with your body and your breathing and feel a little bit more centered so when I say routine, I also don't mean something that has to take like hours and hours. I think that's the other misconception is that people think like, like even business owners will talk about, oh, my morning routine. That's the most essential part of the day. This is what I do for an hour and a half before I dive into work. I'm not that's gonna really that. long. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I am not going to sit here and tell you, you have to have an hour and a half long morning routine in order to be successful or in order to reduce stress. I do not think that's true. I think as long as you are taking five to 10 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, if we really want to go for it to just get centered and that's going to help you. And then in the evening, the nightly routine, maybe that one's a little bit longer. And the only reason I say that that one maybe is like 30 minutes to an hour is because with electronics being such an integral part of our day, it takes us a little bit more time to get off of those electronics and let our brain and our parasympathetic nervous system calm down after that blue light and that stimulation. So we're talking like maybe an hour total out of your whole day to do these things. And the key is also they should be activities and tools that you like doing. It's not things that you have to force yourself to do. Like a lot of people will come to me and say, I really, I tried meditation and I hate it. Like, I just feel like I'm doing it wrong. It's not working. If something that you try isn't working for you or it's not fun, then you either want to see how you can make it fun, see how you can make it work for you, or just try something else. And there's no shame in that. So those are the few kind of misconceptions or things that I want to clarify about what I mean when I say wellness routine. Now, do you think that it's really important that a morning routine be the first thing that you do? Because I used to do that. And it, it worked, but I, I kind of now do my morning routine in the middle of my morning. Cause I get up super early. I get up at like four. And so yeah. I tend to do my morning routine at like eight. Uh, do you, cause I like, I like having it like as a break in the middle of my day. Do you think it can be just as effective doing it that way? Yeah, I think so. I think that the main purpose of a morning routine for anyone would be to just make sure that you are, you're not getting up and then immediately jumping into stress. So Brie, I would assume you're waking up and you're still just like taking your time. Maybe you're making your coffee. You're slowly getting into work. You're not waking up and then opening your laptop on your bed and starting to like answer emails that people sent you in the middle of the night. Am I right with that? Yeah, no. I mean, I kind of have a very slow, like, you know, get the coffee, um, you know, sip it a little bit, maybe read a few things that I'm interested in in reading that were in my email from the day before. I don't jump into like customer service issues or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And I still think that could be considered a morning routine in some ways, just because you're not like doing yoga or meditating or doing something like that doesn't mean that you're not um, having a morning routine because for you, what you're doing is you're getting grounded into your day in a way that is slow and is, um, is at a pace that you're not going immediately into that stress. So you're allowing yourself space. You're allowing yourself time to get centered in the morning. And that's really the whole point of it. I mean, my morning routine, it's not super extensive at all. It's a little bit different now that I am home and I'm not, I'm going to a yoga studio for class. So 
for me, it literally looks like waking up, putting on a podcast, going into the bathroom, doing my phase routine, doing whatever I need to do, maybe taking a shower. Sometimes I do a bath at night, so I just kind of like to switch it up. And then I will come back into my room. I will do yoga for like 20 to 30 minutes tops. And then that I'll also make my vitamin C warm drink. I'll make a smoothie for breakfast. I'll take some of my supplements. And then from there, I'll pretty much dive into work. That's what it looks like. So that's maybe 40 minutes, maybe 45 minutes, depending on how much I'm moseying around the kitchen to make my smoothie. But it's not like I'm sitting here being like, okay, first I'm going to journal and then I'm going to do an hour of yoga and then I'm going to read a full book. You can make it short. You can make it work for you. But my grounding activities in there would be certainly yoga, making the smoothie, which nourishes me and taking some time to listening to um, an uplifting podcast or an uplifting audio in the morning so that I'm starting my day with motivation instead of fear or, you know, reacting to emails or scrolling on Instagram or something like that. Totally. You're, you're setting the stage for your day. In exactly. Positive. We want to go from reactive to proactive. Mm. So it's getting away from like opening your phone and checking your email immediately. And then because this is the reality sometimes, especially as a musician where you are maybe sending out emails for bookings, um, not right now, but it, during normal times, you're booking gigs or you're sending emails to press, right? Or for reviews. And you might get emails back that say no, or say like, we need more information or say we're considering it. And it's easy to get like a pang of like, ooh, rejection or ooh, I have to do something. I have to get this back to them immediately or they're not going to say yes to me or they're not going to like me. It's really easy to get into that reactive state. And so a morning routine is going to help you create space so that you're not reacting. You're proactive. You are choosing how you spend your time. You are going to choose when you decide to open that email. And when you do that is going to be when you're prepared to answer those emails, not first thing in the morning so that you can spend your whole morning worrying about how you're going to answer that email or respond to that person. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I love that you said that because that is speaking directly to things that I hear from my students of like, oh, like it can set the tone for your whole day. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So should they have in a routine things that they do every single day? Is that important or should they have like an arsenal of tools and when they get up, they can make a decision of what they're going to do within that? Awesome question. I think it's probably easiest to have a routine that is pretty set. And the reason for this is because it's going to eliminate any decision fatigue. Mm. And for anybody who's- Especially in the morning. <laughs> Especially in the morning. Yeah. It's like, you don't want to wake up and start your day being like, wait, what should I do? Wait, should I do this? And Brie, I mean, I know you talk about time management and goal setting with your um, clients a ton. And so they probably understand the concept of planning your day. So you're not wondering like, what am I doing today? But the same goes for your wellness routine. There are definitely things that you can have in your arsenal of tools or things that you like to do that you might not do every day and that you might add in either just simply when you feel like it or when you have extra time. But I do recommend having some sort of set routine. And again, 
doesn't have to be long. It could be 20 minutes long. It could be 10 minutes long, but something that you do do every day so that you have that grounding, you wake up, you know what you're going to do. And it also makes it so much easier to stick with it. Every morning you wake up and you brush your teeth. So if every morning you wake up, you brush your teeth and then you journal right after that, you're going to be able to keep that habit so much more because not only are you attaching it to another habit that already exists, but you're kind of stacking it. So you're able to get all this done in one um, particular time and right after one another. I think often it, I find this all the time. Whenever I say I'm going to do yoga later, I never do yoga later. The more oh, space, so true. <laughs> yeah. The more space I leave in between like, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to like do something else this morning. I'm just going to like sit and watch TV or talk to my family, which is no harm in doing. But this will happen the last two nights and I'm home with like my whole family right now. We all decided to hunker down together. So my mom, no joke, my mom every night has been like, what Disney movie should we watch? And I'm like, oh. well, I can't pass up watching the Toy Story 4. Like, come on. So it's a lot harder to keep those boundaries and get back to things that we intended on doing as the day starts to get away from us, especially now. So stack it up in the morning and have something that's super easy. You know what you're going to do and you know that you just have to execute it. It makes it so much easier to get that wellness in instead of like neglecting it and instead of feeling like you have no time to do it because you do have time to do it, but the time is either going to get away from you or you're going to find things that seem like a bigger priority throughout the course of the day and start to neglect wellness. Oh, I'm really good at rationalizing of why I wouldn't do it as the day goes on. You know what I mean? So I yeah. have to do it early on. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I totally hear you. I, it's normal, right? Like, especially when we get in the flow of work, it's like, oh, let me just answer this email. Let me just do this one more thing. Oh, you know what? I just had a great idea. Let me do this. And then yep. by the time you know it, it's like 9 PM and you're like, I don't want to do yoga. I just want to go to bed. It's, it's, that's how we are as humans. <laughs> so we just got to make those choices so that we know, all right, this is what's going to happen. If I don't do it, wellness is important to me. And that's the key is that you're making it a priority and the reason you would make it a priority is because you feel good, not only when you do it, but also after and day to day because you're doing it. So that's why we want to pick things that actually work for you and that are fun to do so that you can stick with it and you can see those results. Totally. Have you read Atomic Habits by James Clear? I have not yet, actually. Oh, it's a great book. And it just reminded me of that when you were talking about attaching a habit to something else that you already do, because that's a great hack kind of to make sure that you actually do certain things you want to do. Yeah. And you know, Gretchen Rubin, not sure if you're familiar with her, but she has some awesome books Four tendencies is one of my favorite things, yes. which is actually a great book for anyone too, who might be sitting here thinking, Katie, I tried to do this, but I just can't seem to stick with it. I highly encourage you to take Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies quiz. You could just Google it and it'll come up and reading her book, The Four Tendencies, because it'll help you understand how you stay accountable to internal and external um, pressures or things that you want to do, obligations. And you'll be able to understand, like, maybe I do need accountability. Maybe I, I just need to set it up for myself so that it's kind of presented in this way, and then I know that I'll do it. Um, but that gives you a lot of clarity. But another thing she says is that it's easy to create new routines or create new habits during times of change, which I think is really interesting, especially as we're going through a time of change right now for people who might have not worked from home before and now are, or maybe are now home with their kids and trying to find a new routine, whatever the situation might be, 
we're going through a time of change right now. And so even though it seems like that's a time for you to be like, forget it. I can't possibly do this right now. I have way too much else going on. Now is actually a great time to be intentional about, all right, what does my schedule look like? What does my kid's schedule look like? What is the schedule of whoever else I'm in the house with look like? How can I find time to um, create wellness and get things done and work on my music career in a way that really serves me and also serves everyone else? Uh, I was talking with one of my clients recently and she was saying, I'm feeling super high anxiety and I just don't know how to get wellness in. I'm home with my two-year-old. I don't know how to do it. And I talked to her about how can we get your two-year-old involved in some of these things? It doesn't have to be like, I need space so that I can get stuff done. It can be, Hey, let's journal together. We're going to take 10 minutes and we're going to, we're going to write in our diaries or however you want to put it to a kid. But it's, or, you know, having her do a puzzle while you meditate for 10 minutes. So she's keeping herself occupied, like finding ways where you can make it work, whatever your circumstances might be. And that doesn't have to mean that you go sit alone in isolation in your closet to get away from everyone in order to implement some sort of wellness. I love those ideas. That is great. And I, and that was the reason I wanted to have you on right now, because I do feel like this, this is an opportunity to, because it's a time of change, you know, in some ways, if you can incorporate these wellness routines now, it will be easier to keep them going as, you know, you go back to quote normal life um, because you've kind of set the stage in this different kind of period. So in some ways, I think it's, it's easier to incorporate them now because some of us have a little more time and a little more space. Um, some of us don't. So if you can, it's kind of like, if you can make them stick now, you can make them stick anytime, right? You know, cause we've got all these people home and stuff. So there's kind of two different ways that this is a great time to do it that will make it easier for you in one way. And maybe it might be the most difficult time to do this, but you might need it the most. And then it might be easier if you really love what you've put in place to yeah. be able to keep that going later. Yeah, definitely. And I always encourage people to keep in mind that when you feel good is not the time to stop doing wellness. I think there's this funny like dichotomy that Mm. it's like, I feel so stressed. I don't have time to do a wellness routine. (laughs) And then when we start to feel good, we're like, I don't need this anymore. I feel great. It's when you're stressed that you need it the most. And it's when you feel good that you need to stick with it because you feel good because you were doing it. (laughs) So it's, it's always funny. Like our brain is always going to come up with excuses. It's always going to come up with ways to like protect ourselves or go into that fear based um, thinking. And so it's up to us to remember that we actually have the control. You can control your thoughts. And that might just start with very simply acknowledging like, okay, I'm getting the urge to not do this, or I'm getting the urge to make excuses. What's the reality? The reality is that I feel really good when I take five minutes a day to meditate. I notice that I'm a lot calmer. So even though things feel really out of control right now and crazy, and I don't want to do it, I'm just going to do it. And maybe again, going back to the four tendencies and how you stay accountable, maybe that means you announce to your whole household, like, hello, I'm going to be meditating for five minutes. Please leave me alone. Thank you. And then you're kind of committed. They're keeping you accountable. And then you go do it, whatever, or social media, right? Sometimes I, with the yoga challenge I'm doing, I posted on social media, I was going to do it. 
So I stayed accountable because at home yoga is something that I give myself a lot of leeway with for whatever reason. But when I don't do yoga, even just for, you know, a couple days at a time, and this is just me, I'm not saying you have to do yoga every day. I feel it both mentally and physically, and I don't like it. I do not like how I feel without yoga. So it's just about figuring out like, what do I like? How can I make this work for me? And how can I make sure that I actually do it? Even when things are hard, because it's hard for everyone. I hate to break it to you, to everyone listening, but you're not special. It's hard for everyone. We're all making excuses. We're all trying to just do our best with what we have right now. Yeah. I think that's such a good point of like, we get into that complacent mode or we're taking it for granted that like, once we're feeling good, that we don't need this anymore. I mean, I do this literally once or twice a year with like this one supplement that I take because I'm, I have a lot of inflammation issues in my body. And so I know that if I take this, I feel better. But after a while I'm like, Oh, see, I don't need this anymore Yeah, because I'm all good. (laughs) And then I stopped taking it. And then like a month later I feel terrible again. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess I do. Yeah. Um, I do the same thing with food because in the, I'm doing some diet changes. Like I took out gluten and a bunch of stuff. Um, for a similar reason, Brie, inflammation, like I said, I was dealing with terrible migraines and allergies and anxiety. And let me tell you, we don't need obviously go into this in detail, but inflammation and food and your environment, all of this stuff also plays into anxiety. So if you're sitting at home eating a bunch of super high inflammatory foods, uh, processed snacks, things that you might be sensitive to, that's not going to help your body cope with the anxiety or the high stress times or having to like have longer hour days, taking care of kids and balancing this. It's, it's just truthfully not. And Brie, I do the same thing whenever I start to feel good. I'm like, oh, I can just start eating these like whole box of cookies that I bought from Whole Foods. It's healthy. It's from Whole Foods. I'll just <laughs> eat the whole thing in like one day. And then I feel shitty <laughs> like a yes. week later, right? I know. I have to avoid sugar as much as possible, but then I always talk my, well, I'm feeling fine. So I'm sure I can have a little bit and then I can have a little bit more, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's so easy, these mind games that we play on ourselves. And and even though, you know, we're out there as kind of like, you know, thought leaders in the space of productivity and habits and all that stuff, we are not immune to it at all. Certainly not. No. And <laughs> I think that's really important to know because Brie and I both, and I, you know, I am a wellness coach. I teach her on wellness. I'm, I have to learn these lessons every day. I have to remind myself every day. I mean, I was telling my clients on a group training this week about how last weekend I scrolled myself to sleep on TikTok because I just got on TikTok, probably like many of us who are now discovering this. Yeah. My teenage sister is like, get off. This isn't for you. I'm like, sorry, they gave us no choice. We have to be on now. But (laughs) (laughs) but I was telling my clients, like, I am the first person who talks about the importance of a nightly routine and getting off your phone at least a half hour before you go to bed so that your body can start to relax and get a good night's sleep. And I had spent the night scrolling on TikTok up late. And then I went to bed, woke up the next day with the intention to get a little bit of work done. It was a Sunday before the week started and I could not focus on anything. I was just too tired and I didn't get quality sleep the night before. My brain was all over the place. And 
that was a direct result why. And so the next day I had to say, okay, I know that my urge right now is it feels like vacation mode and I want to scroll myself to sleep and I want to see all the funny TikToks that I'm laughing at at midnight, but I can't do that. It's not going to serve me. I value having energy and having clarity more than I value this hour of scrolling. I love that. Okay. So the last question I want to get into is how can they decide what to put in their routine? What's, what's good for them? Like, is there kind of a, a list or an arsenal of things that like, Hey, this might be good for your routine. Try this. That they yeah. Can come I, I think some of the things, sorry, go ahead. No, no, nothing. I'm just like, I feel like, you know, you hear all kinds of things and it's like, okay, should I be doing yoga? Should I be doing journaling? Like, I don't even know where to start creating this list of things I should do. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have said before, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just about what is fun for you. But that being said, you might be like, okay, but what do I do? Some of the basic things that I like to start with, number one, sleep. You're already doing it anyway, but do a little bit of a sleep audit to see, um, am I tired when I wake up? How much am I sleeping each night? How much sleep do I need to feel my best? And then figure out, does this mean I can go to bed earlier or wake up later or vice versa to really optimize my sleep and therefore my energy. So start with sleep. And as I say, start with sleep, I also want to acknowledge everything that I'm saying. I really highly recommend you add in or adjust one thing at a time so that you're not overwhelming the body, especially now when we're feeling a little bit overwhelmed as it is, you don't need to overwhelm yourself more by like doing a total, change of everything you've ever done and implementing 400 things at once. That's going to make it much harder to stick to. So start with one thing. So sleep is the first thing. Water is going to be the second thing where notice how much water you are taking in each day. I believe the formula for calculating how much water you need is taking your body weight um, times two and then putting it in ounces. So if you weighed... I think that's it. I'll double check that. And I think it's, I think it's half your body weight. Not oh yeah. Yeah. That would be a lot of water. Yeah. I was like, wait, 200 ounces of water. If someone's hundred pounds, that does not sound right. So <laughs> half your, half your body weight in ounces. That's it. So you want to make sure that you are drinking water, especially now. Again, we're all sitting at our computers. It's really easy to just have nothing around you and like end up being glued to the couch on your computer for hours on end without getting up and without drinking anything. So I always recommend getting like a really big water bottle and just filling it up. And that way you can kind of keep track of how much you're drinking and drink more. If it's just right next to you, make it easy, make it fun, put some lemon in it, put some cucumber in it, you know, whatever kind of jazzes it up for you, go ahead and do that. And then the third thing that's really important is breathing. Again, something that we are doing anyway, but when we get stressed, we tend to hold our breath. And you also probably will notice that your shoulders are hunched up and that you're tightening in your neck and maybe even in your stomach and maybe in your jaw. And so we create this tension when we hold our breath. And we also stop our body from being able to deal with the stress because breath is a really powerful way to control and calm our parasympathetic nervous system and make sure that we are getting into a place of calm. So simple tool you can do is when you notice, when you notice the anxiety come up or the stress come up, inhale through the nose for a count of five and then exhale through the nose or the mouth for a count of seven. 
So you can just go ahead and do a couple rounds of that and you'll notice a really big change. So those are the three really basic things to start with. And then you could experiment with any number of other activities or tools that you might like. I mean, I always read a book before bed, a, a fiction book. So it's something that's fun. It's a story that I like, something I look forward to every night. Um, journaling is also great, especially now to kind of process those emotions and feel what's coming up for us right now. Having some sort of gratitude practice is also really great right now. It might be as simple as saying what you're grateful for in your head the moment you wake up, or maybe writing it down or posting it on, you know, your Instagram stories. No right or wrong way to do it. You could, uh, as far as physical activity goes, take it, take a walk if that's available to you right now. Do some at-home yoga, at-home Pilates. I actually have a rebounder, which is like a little trampoline. And I will get on my rebounder and I will sing musical theater songs while jumping <laughs> up it. and down on a trampoline. And for me, I love this because one, who does not have fun jumping on a trampoline? It's so much fun. Two, I actually have asthma and I'm a singer. And so for me, this really increases lung function. And especially given the virus that we're all dealing with right now, I think that it's you know great to just make sure that you're doing your breathing exercises and doing any cardio, cardio, cardiovascular work and improving that lung function. And then it also just helps me to get that movement in, in a quick amount of time. Like I can be sweating on that thing for in within five minutes or 10 minutes. And so it's not a huge chunk of my day that I'm spending working out, but I'm having a fun time. I'm getting on there. I'm singing and it promotes lymphatic drainage as well. Um, which is basically just getting your lymph system working properly and making sure that you're getting rid of all toxins and things like that. So that's one of my favorite things to do just as a kind of a side note. And then other, any other activities that you find relaxing, maybe it's doing a puzzle, maybe it's taking a bath, um, maybe it's drawing or painting or anything like that. I'm, I have no touch of <laughs> drawing skills or anything like Me that, either. but I know for a lot of people that stuff is really relaxing. Um, the only thing I would stray from or just be cautious about is things like songwriting or playing guitar. While for musicians, that is really relaxing in a lot of ways, it can also start to become work. So you just want to make sure that if you are doing any of those things, you're not doing it in a lens of work or that it doesn't turn into a lens of work if you are consciously trying to relax. Um, so yeah, those are some ideas to get started with. Oh my gosh, that's some really great ideas. I love it. Um, okay, so you guys, there's there's so much more where this came from because she's got an awesome podcast. So why don't you tell them about your podcast and how they can find it? Yeah, so my podcast is called The Out To Be Podcast. It focuses all on wellness, mindset, and mental health in the music industry. So I have guests on, I have um, some solo episodes, all of which discuss these themes. And we're talking about how you can basically find success and avoid burnout in the music industry by being really mindful of your mental health and of your personal development and still have a really, really, really successful music career. And we talk a little strategy on there. Um, so it's kind of, you know, like I said, very holistic with everything I do, but with a focus of providing resources on in this lens that people don't really get anywhere else. 
awesome. Yeah, I love her podcast. I've definitely recommended several episodes to, to some people in my groups when I see stuff come up. Um, and then how can they find you on social media? I am at Katie Zaccardi on social media, mostly hanging out on Instagram. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me. And feel free to DM me if you enjoyed this episode or had any takeaways. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. And I just think it's such a timely subject. And I really hope people take some of these ideas and start doing them. You guys, if you start creating a wellness routine, like DM me or Katie, you can DM me at women underscore in underscore music and let me know. I'd love to be able to, you know, share that with Katie and, and encourage you in your routine or go ahead and, and send her a DM as well, because, you know, we love to know that you guys are listening and that you're taking action on some of this stuff. So thanks so much, Katie, for all this info. Thank you so much for having me, Brie. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com and music by Stella Ronson. <laughs>